0: Hello there fellow travelers. thank you for joining me again. Uh, this is episode 21 of The Unbroken Ground. Uh, so excited that you've uh, tuned in and we're going to continue just talking about uh, the life of Jesus uh, this this month, at least for today. Who knows what the future will bring? Uh, but we'll be in John chapter 2, so um, you can, uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn there um, if you want to look that up later. Um, it'll definitely be in John chapter two. So very excited! This is episode twenty-one, um, and it will call. It will be called "Saving the Best for Last." Um, and yeah, just be uh, talking about Jesus as He turns water into wine, and and what that means for us. Um, so again, thank you for uh, joining. Um, if you Uh, Like the podcast, uh, you can always like it and review it on um, iTunes or Apple i I Podcast. uh, That helps get the word out there. Also, if you have feedback, you can always find me on Facebook at uh, Facebook forward slash. Um, the unbroken ground or you can email me at um, the ground at gmail.com uh, also you can find me on Instagram um, so yeah thank you for listening I uh, hope again hope that you are uh, being encouraged as you as you listen and I appreciate um, your continued um, or listening or if this is your first time uh, so glad that you're here uh, so yeah let's jump in. So this week I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a uh, post about agendas and basically the post was, and I don't remember whose Instagram it was on, um, I'm sure that if you searched hard enough you probably could find it, it probably has been reposted somewhere, but I don't know, anyway, it's that's it's not important who said it or where it was, uh, but basically it said that um, Jesus hung out with um, sinners and lost people, not to show that he was um, tolerant and and accepting them, um, but instead, um, his he didn't have that kind of agenda, uh, but instead he his he came to call people to um, a better life, basically, or a more um, right moral life. Um, it, it was the point that, that Jesus, yes, Jesus hung out with sinners, but um, it was the idea that we, in today's culture, um, both sides try to incorporate Jesus' messages and his life into um, basically support for their uh, agenda that's both religious and political, um, that Jesus is, is not—the the point of, by this poster, always obviously, was that Jesus is not uh, the, the poster child for tolerance uh, and acceptance, um, as some people would say, again, arguing from the idea that, that yes, Jesus is love, but, but because Jesus is love, that doesn't mean that he is accepting of all of our behaviors. Um, rather, they're coming from the argument of saying that, well— Jesus came um, to the earth uh, to point us to a better way. And I think that, um, in, as in most things that, that uh, take a hard um, side and try to to fit it into their box, um, both of them are wrong. Um, I think that the, the amazing thing about Jesus is, is that Jesus came... And his agenda, yes, was to call us to a better life. But he, he hung out with people who were um, not yet following him, who had, been, had lived ter- terrible lives, who were still living terrible lives. I mean, just last week we talked about Zacchaeus. And, and Jesus doesn't say, hey, Zacchaeus, get your life together. I'm going to come eat dinner with you. Um, and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree because i you look silly man come down out of that tree and i'm because I'm going to your house today and because because Jesus in his life he notices Zacchaeus he he's aware of him um Zacchaeus suddenly is like yeah I need to change my life um and and so i I don't think that was um like Jesus's purpose was that he does he came to save. Um, and, but he didn't. He he didn't. Uh, In inve- fact, he didn't have an ulterior motive of saying like, "Oh, I'm going to get at Zacchaeus' house because if I go to Z- Zacchaeus' house, then I can get him to the kingdom." Um, I, I think that's a that's a uh, very reconstructionist way of looking at things of saying like, "Oh, well, the reason this is this happened because Jesus asked it. This happened, so Jesus had a plan, had this agenda all along. It, it wasn't because he just loved Zacchaeus." Um, it was because he knew that if he asked him to come eat with him, then he would, he would be, he would be, he would be drawn to change. Um, and I think that it's hard because Jesus is God and there's a whole lot there to unpack in that, but I think that it's, it's, it's easier for us to be like, um, Jesus had this alternative motive because we suffer from that same, Disease of, of making everybody a project or making everybody a, an agenda, and so um, Jesus was like, "No, I'm just living life, and and the way that I live my life draws people to the kingdom." and 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 I think that the challenge in that for us, especially for us who are Christians, is to to think about that. We um, think about like. Is the way I live is the way I live my life challenging enough to people who um, don't know Jesus that, that they see it and they want to be more like G, more like me because they see Jesus and what I do, um, and and that is that's and so that is a hard place to live because it's easier for us to be like well. I'm going to go at life with an agenda. I'm going to have a project. And so um, I'm going to go make friends with people who don't know Jesus so I can tell them about Jesus so they can get saved. Um, and, and really there's just this, this idea that, that, that really what we should do is just we should love so well that um, we love people whatever state they're in. Uh, and so you know, there's, there's this whole like, well, I want to love the lost people, but I, I, can't, I can't accept their lifestyle. I can't accept what they do. I don't wanna. I don't wanna make it seem like I am approving of what they do. And I think that's a hard line to walk. And I think Jesus is able to do that, and He calls us to do that. But man, is that hard to walk because we um, we ended up. We we generally just end up on two a separate places uh, on the spectrum of of like grace and law um, on on this idea of like hey if you want to be a follower of Jesus then then you got to get your life together you gotta you you can't be doing that sin Um, and then there's like the grace that says yeah but if you're even even as followers of Jesus we still sin so how do we um, how, how do we live in such a way that balances those two things out. And, and I talked a lot about that last week. So I don't want to jump fully back into that. But I just, I, I think that um, one of the struggles that we have is that we have never fully set aside the law. Um, we like the law. Uh, and, and that was the whole thing with like when Jesus was on the earth. Um, the people, the religious people, they also loved God's word and the law. They, 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 they made up laws to follow in order to follow the law. Like they, they had, they interpreted it. They, they, to the nth degree, they were trying to figure out how do we, um, do this so that we can follow the law. Because the law is what makes us perfect. Um, and so if we follow the law, then we are perfect. And so, in, and if we were able to do that um, without sinning, without breaking the law, then, then we actually wouldn't even need Jesus. And that really appeals to us as um, our own kind of we want to be our own master and our own god. That we're like, I can control myself. I can live without the law. I because I don't. I can. I don't. I don't need grace because I don't sin, um, or at least I don't do the the most outward, obnoxious um, uh, the the sins that everybody can see, the sins that everybody can know, um, and 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 that's like that's like there's a, a human side of us that's like, yeah, that's what I want. I want. To be seen um, as perfect, as as following the law, uh, I mean that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They were they were um, performance based. They were they were um, they were actors. They were playing a part. They they, um, and again Jesus calls them this. I, I say this a lot. It's one of my favorite things. Is that Jesus says they're whitewashed tombs. He says they are. They look beautiful on the outside, but they're dead on the inside. And and I think what he means here and I, and we'll jump into John 2 here in just a moment, but what I think what he means here is is that the Old Testament is full of laws for people to follow. And when you don't follow the laws, then you then you have sacrifice and that is where you can have your sin forgiven when you have the sacrifice. So we're forgiven by the blood of the lamb, uh, that the Passover lamb, uh, it was that first lamb. And then, of course, Jesus, it represented, it pointed towards Jesus, who is the blood of the lamb that forgives us. But in the Old Testament, the law, if you broke the law, then you made an offering. Um, and that was, that offering then was what paid the debt for your sin. So there is... There, there, as you get into so, so the way that, that the history of the, um, the Jews, the Israelites, and then the Jews works is that at the very beginning with Moses, Moses gives them the law, and the law is good. There's nothing wrong with the law, um, the law is right. The law shows us what righteousness is. And what it, what it does is it actually reveals to us just how far away we are from righteousness. We we think of ourselves. We we often think of ourselves as being good enough. Um, We are we more we are we're relativistic in this and that. We say like, oh well, you know, I'm I'm not the worst person in the world. Um, I'm not the best either, but but I'm not you know I'm not terrible. Um, And and so we we um, even though we know uh, that we miss the mark. That, that God says if you want to be perfect do all these things and even even like just ten commandments it's is hard for us to to do all the things uh, and so we uh, we know that we fall short um, but then we then we start to be like well we fall short but but not as bad as the next guy and and so what happens um, so that, so that was the law. Moses gives the law. We, people love the law. That it was good. It shows it, it, it you how to be holy. It, it tells you the, the nth degree to be holy. And and, it, and the law without grace um, can be a very harsh and, and hard thing. And the Old Testament shows that. I mean, there are some passages in the Old Testament that that just are hard to read through and to think through. Um, I was reading one the other day uh, The David and the, the Gideonites, um, sorry, not the Gideonites, but the Givenites, um, they uh, were like, hey, Saul, uh, you know, betrayed us. Um, what are you going to do about that? And so David took 12 uh, sons of Saul, it may not have been 12, some sons of Saul, <laughs> and was like, they're yours. And they, they killed him. Um, and it's like, man, that seems overly harsh. But it was what was required by the law. And um, in this case, uh, this is what was, that was what they felt like was, um, and that was like when you're thinking back about, as people are thinking through this idea of of what's fair, um, That an eye for an eye. I mean, even in in the Old Testament, there is this idea that if you build a house and the house falls down and it breaks somebody's foot or somebody loses their foot, then you lose a foot. There is this idea in the law that there is a fairness that's like this for this, which is hard. um, Because we, um, we, it may or may not, I mean, man, that that may be the law, that may be right, um, but it's hard to live that way. And so... Um, what what happens then is that people begin to say, yeah, okay, yeah, you have the law, but then you have sacrifices, and and so then um, they would just live however they want, and then they would do the sacrifices, and so that's why when you get into a lot of the prophets, then um, so you have the law, and you have the kingdom, and you have kind of like the uh, the theodis this, um, not theodicy, but you, you have uh, the um, theological kingdom that's created. Um, can't think of the name of it right now, but I'm sure it will find me later. But you have this whole ruling by God of this this kingdom, um, and from that then establishes what people do, and, and, you, and then you have the prophets and the prophets, and you have exile and all that kind of stuff. And so theocracy—that's what—that's the word. Uh, but anyway, um, so what happens then is that kings begin to just live however they want but then they also offer sacrifices and and then the prophets come along and they're like you guys are not getting it and and the and the kings and the 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 people are saying well we're doing the sacrifices isn't that what you want and and the prophets say, no obedience is what we want we want you to obey the law and and if you if you try your hardest to obey the law and you mess up then there are sacrifices and 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 you're gonna mess up so we get that but there so there is sacrifices for that but but you have to obey the law and and it, it it's kind of like this idea and I think we're still stuck in that um, that we we still feel that way today we say well what is it what what is obedience what is what should i do what's enough or what's too little um and i think it's a it's a it's a wrong question because what we're saying is um okay god i've got new life um, but how much of the old life can i still have and be good and and for god it's 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 like why would you ask that? It's, it's the idea is that you have new life and that life is the best life. That that life is free of death. And yet we kind of look back and go, okay, yeah, we, yeah, we love that. We love that. We especially love the eternal life part. Definitely, definitely into that. But how much of the old life, how much death can we, can we have and still live? How much death can we have and still live? And, and it's not fair, Um, because again, we want, we want things to be fair, like the law. It's not fair. We feel if other people don't have the same level of commitment to, um, obedience that we do. It's not fair. Um, and it's, it's crazy because Jesus even addresses this (laughs) as if he knows, as though he knows what's going to be our attitudes later. Um, which, is a side note, he does. Um, but he addresses this, and he, he tells this parable um, about this, this um, guy who owns this field. And he goes at 9 o'clock, and he hires people, and he goes at 12 o'clock, and he goes at 3 o'clock, and he goes at 5 o'clock. And the 5 o'clock people come to get paid, and they get paid a denarii. And the, the other people come, and, and, and all the way to the, to the 9 o'clock people. And the 9 o'clock people get paid the same as the, the last people, the people who only worked an hour. And they, they, they get angry. And the and the landowner goes, did I not agree to give you a denari for your work? Like, have I cheated you? He goes, what is it to you if I choose to be so so loving and graceful to these other people? If I choose to be generous, what is it to you? I didn't rob you, and and yet a lot of times we have that attitude that we are, um, it, that that we, um, we have to be, a, that we have to be calling people um, to live exactly the right amount of life that we think that they would have and honestly i think i think everybody should 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 live in such a way that they obey christ and obey god 100% of the time um that's what we're called to do and however um it's not my job to police other people um, it's my job to, to to know if I have a brother um, so so if I have a relationship with someone uh, is to remove the speck from my eye and then go help out a brother um, to 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 look at myself but but we uh, we live in a culture that we try to do that um, across um, Facebook or or the, uh, radio waves or podcast we try to call people out we try to bring people back and I think that 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 is actually something we should do like we should be challenging and helping and sharpening one another but that happens in the in the uh the confines of a relationship um so all of that was free uh, it's, <laughs> all of that is, is about the agenda but i think i think one of my favorite things and i preached a sermon once on this and i think it's still one of my favorite things to think about and talk about is that in john 2 um jesus goes to a party he goes to a wedding and um he's it he knows them somehow uh, you get the sense and and uh so he maybe he shows up with his disciples and he didn't he didn't he he RSVPed himself but he didn't he didn't uh, RSVP his disciples maybe there's some kind of problem with that maybe they, but but for some reason um the the uh the father of the bride is about to run out of um, wine um and and this is a big faux pas Uh, This is this is uh, this is going to be embarrassing. And um, so Mary, uh, Jesus' mother comes to Jesus and says, hey, um, They're about to run out of wine. And so Jesus and Mary have this kind of um, Interaction where Jesus is like, what's this have to do with me? Uh, And 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 this is my time has not yet come and uh, Mary goes just do whatever he tells you to the servants. So the servants go he says go fill up these these uh, six jars um, and, and draw from them, with, fill them with water and draw them, take them to, the, to the, the, the head of the banquet, uh, the head of the wedding, and they'll, to taste it, um, and they do, and um, the, uh, the master, the banquet master, tasted it, and he's like, oh, this is, you guys are the best, because usually you put the good wine out first, and then once people have gotten drunk and they can't really taste the difference between good wine and bad wine, um, then um, you bring out the bad wine. But you have saved the best for last. Um, and I think what's so intriguing to me about this passage, and I think what's so tongue in cheek about it, is that um, Jesus is, telling, is doing this and, and John is telling the story um, to kind of authenticate Jesus's ministry. So Jesus comes, it says, that Jesus came to fulfill the law, to make it full, um, not to get rid of it. And uh, in in Jesus' teaching, he, he breaks it down in the, into the simplistic, the simple formula. He says, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law comes down to that. If you love God with everything that you have and if you love your neighbor as yourself you will meet the requirements of the law. And it's so simple yet it's so hard. And and I think what I love about it is that Jesus takes so these jars that he has the the servants fill of water are the wash are the ritual washing jars of the Jews. And so he takes the rituals of the Old Testament, and he takes what was water, and he turns that into wine. Totally foreshadowing here. John is foreshadowing. John is writing. Jesus knows what he's doing. John's writing that one day, um, the Last Supper will happen, communion. Jesus and his disciples will will be up in the upper room, and Jesus will tell his disciples, this is the wine. Um, drink it. It's my blood spilled for you. And, and so you have a bookend uh, where Jesus comes and he says, he, he comes and he says, Hey, I know your traditions and your, traditions and your rituals and, and that you've been following them and there's nothing wrong with that, but I am bringing you something better. I am bringing you something more. And out of that, out of those traditions, out of those rituals, you will have something new, a new wine. And then as, as Jesus's last supper, before he goes to the cross, he lets the disciples in on this little secret where he says, this is what the wine represents. It's my blood spilled for you. He's the lamb. As we talked about uh, earlier, I was talking about that that he is the forgiveness he is the reason that we no longer have condemnation. He is the reason that we can um, change our lives and the struggle the the thing that I think that I struggle with and I think that we just don 't tell people enough um, is that that when Jesus comes he he comes to live in your heart, and the Holy Spirit becomes live in you, and then the Holy Spirit begins to do its work in you, and so not only are you, um, not only do you do you have a new way of looking at life, or not only are you a new creation, but you can live a different way because you have a new power, and that power through the Holy Spirit, because of the blood of Christ, means that you don't have to live the same way that you've always lived, And and so for the people who have been trying to um, to live, try to follow all the rules, they can't. They, they, keep, they, keep, they keep falling and sinning and missing the mark. And, and they keep having to do these sacrifices over and over again. They keep living in death. And, and God says, I am coming to you to give you a new heart, a new heart, a new way of life. And we ought to live in such a way to avoid Death. Because death in our life is just, is, it means the absence of God. Sin is, are the places that we are, that we are keeping from God in, in our own power, in our own strength, that we're keeping God out. And so Jesus says this, he says, I have something better. I have something much better. And that is why people, and, and that, is, that is the thing that Jesus brought. That's why people, when they are near him, when they spend time with him, they're changed. Because he doesn't come to tell people about the rules. He comes to tell people about what it means to follow God with all your heart and all your mind and your strength and your soul. And, and he loves people. No matter where they're at in that journey like and I think that's when I get back to like this whole oh, well, his agenda was not to show that he was some guy who was woke or accepting or or um in the in a tolerant crowd that that was not jesus' ideas at all they didn't have that idea he didn't have an agenda I think that jesus and and this is what I think is so hard for us to wrap our minds around, but Jesus loved all. People just like God, He was God, and so He loved all people and He loved them with an intense, full, strong, life changing love. And so, the sinner He loved, He hung out with them because He loved being around them. Did He love some of the things they did? No. Did did he see the terrible things in their hearts that that the sin caused and that the, the life that the struggle it caused in their life? Yes, did he did he say, "Hey, just keep doing that"? No, he would say this. He would say, "Your sin has been forgiven, but go and sin no more." But he loved being around them, not because he was like, "Ah, gonna change them." I mean, just being around Jesus changed you. Like that was something that I think happened as an automatic benefit of hanging around Jesus is that if you spent time with Jesus you've listened to his words, if you saw his heart if you got to know him then you were changed and and Jesus just loved people and I think that's such the hard that's a hard balance for us because we don't know how to do that we don't know how to love people who um, don't live the way we want to live who don't don't say the things we want them to say who who don't fit into the the box of what we think people should be we don't know how to do that because we are so afraid of it seeming like we're accepting of their behavior um that that we can't actually love them and and i think that's that's the really um that's the really hard thing here is that Jesus came for something new and he gave us a new spirit. And and we're still stuck in a lot of ways with the old spirit of saying, Okay, but what rules do I have to follow? All right, Jesus, I, I hear this, you well, yes, I'm gonna get into heaven, I wanna be in a relationship with you, but what rules do I have to follow? And there are boundaries. I'm not saying they're not there's not, but but Jesus is 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 so much bigger than that. He's so much more than that. He's so much more okay than saying, of saying like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with the people that people, uh, into the homes of people who would not normally hang out with. I'm going to go to the Samaritans who the Jewish people thought were dogs. I'm going to, um, I am going to invite into my inner circle, my closest friends, someone who's going to betray me. I'm going to care for that person. I'm going to love that person. And yet I know they're going to be the person that betrays me. And I think that we just don't have any capacity to understand that. And so we have a hard time um, loving people who don't fit into the box of what we think they should be like. And yet that's what Jesus is calling us to. I mean, mo- most of the, if you read after Jesus' death and his resurrection and his, as he ascends, he sends us out into the world. He says, go out into the world and and tell the people um, the good news. And... And that's the, the call that Jesus has for us. But most, in, most of the New Testament is trying to figure out, well, what do we do with, with the Jews, trying to figure out what they do with Gentiles, and the Gentiles trying to figure out what they do with themselves because um, they, don't, they don't know the best ways to do life and how to love each other and, and how to do church. And Paul has to continuously write these letters about this is, this is what we're doing, this is how we should do it. And, and, and they just, they're, they're people, uh, and they're just trying to figure it out because it's, it is immensely easy to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior but it is a, a life challenge to follow Him with everything that you have it's simple to say love God with all your heart, mind and soul and love people like yourself love your neighbor as yourself it's hard to do and, and so I think that's the challenge, though. And that's the new wine. That's, that's, what, that's what Jesus, Jesus said. You, you've, you've had these old traditions, and the traditions are not causing you to love your neighbor. Um, maybe not even causing you to love your God. Maybe instead you just keep going, God, we, we did the sacrifices that you wanted us to do. Why are you still angry? Why are you not, why are you not blessing us? And God says, I don't want your sacrifices... I want your heart. I want your obedience, and Jesus comes along and says, "Hey, I want to give you a new heart—one that can obey and love God and love people." So that's the challenge. How do you? How are you doing at loving people? How are you doing about? How are you doing at loving people that aren't like you, who don't think like you, who don't believe like you, who who act in ways that that don't find their don't find life that their death of their sin how are you doing at loving them and and then how are you doing about loving god with all you have um so that's the challenge this week be introspective look at yourself how am i doing at loving god and then and then reflect on how am i doing at lo- loving those around me all of those around me the zacchaeus is the woman who's at the well the um the, 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 uh, the woman who comes to, to bathe Jesus' feet in tears, how am I doing? And then just pray that God would reveal that. And maybe, and maybe you've, you've lived such a life that you've shut out the people that are hard to love. And so maybe the challenge is for you to find those people and invite them back into your life. May God give you grace as you love and as you learn to love.